The problem we have in our culture is we teach people that it is only reserved for people who have power or who hold a position. But leadership is not a position. Leadership is a way of thinking. And one of the biggest problems is we have to change people's mindset to realize that you actually can make a difference in the world in your space, in your zone, if you actually understand your value and understand who you are and what you bring to the table. So for me, as somebody who was literally experiencing that, I wasn't in a position of leadership. I didn't have somebody, you know, you know, reporting to me at the job or whatever. So I said, man, let me just create this space where I can talk to people about this subject and actually try to encourage people to do that. Hi, everybody. Lee Scott here. Thank you for watching and or listening to this week's episode of Leading with Lee, where we talk about life, leadership, and legacy, and we help you discover the leader within you. If you have not done it yet, go right now and subscribe to Leading on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. I'm super excited today because this episode of Leading is really unique. It's something that I did actually last year in 2021, I was actually invited onto a podcast with some friends of mine that you've heard from here on Leading called Reach Over Culture Podcast. I'm super excited that they had me on their uh, podcast last summer. So I'm just going to share this with you here on Leading today. Check this out, and I hope that you'll be inspired to make a difference. All right, Reach Over Culture Podcast. We are here. Shout out to the YouTubers all over the building. If this is your first time watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Yeah. So, um, like I said, man, we got a special guest in the building today. Um, We've known each other for a little bit of time now. Yeah. Uh, Almost to like the we go back, kind of, in a way. What was that, four or five years? Has it been that long? Might have been, bro. I, I don't know. I can't put a number on it. It seems like if if it hasn't been that long, it has seemed like it's been that long. Got you. I can say that much. Um. Well, first off, shout out to my man Moses. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Oh, yes, great sir. to be back. Shout out to Moses. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, Moses, man. I get geared up every time, man. We we we. You know, we had these recordings. You know, two recordings. You know gear enough for four or whatever mm-hmm. and so you know we've been on a roll bringing in guests um you know the man you got to the, to the right of you if you don't know now you know this is my man lee scott in them you heard you heard future dr <laughs> lee scott future dr reverend bishop lee scott <laughs> that's funny I, I will say this on the record which is hilarious is i hope nobody thinks that my name is actually lee scott and them <laughs> I hope they understand my name is. Well, you know, Scott. You, you, well, you know, for those, you know, you're from Mississippi, man. You know, what, you, you know how, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lee and them, you know them. Right, 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 right. right, right. Now, if you're not familiar with who Lee Scott is, if you follow us on Instagram, I'm, my bad, I'm still getting used to the second camera thing. If you follow us on Instagram, then you've seen me repost his content yeah. before, Leading with Lee. Um, very, very, very great podcast. You can actually find it on YouTube. Um, they're getting the streaming situation together. You'll be able to find it on that as well. Lee, just kick it off real quick, man. Tell us a little bit about Lee and Willie. What, what's the goal and what was the, what was the inspiration and what is the goal of Lee and Willie? 
Well, um, well, first of all, thank you again, Raheem, for having me on, bro, and um, giving my opportunity to talk to your audience and finally get to meet Moses. I keep seeing him on stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, who is who is this guy? Okay, yeah. not get to meet him, but um, but yeah, uh, leading with Lee actually started as an idea back in 2017 or 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just left my undergrad. Um, I got my undergrad from Oral Roberts University. Shout out to Oral Roberts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my uh, undergrad in leadership. Um, it was more specifically public policy, but it was mainly a leadership degree. Yeah. And so I was like, man, you know, I don't, uh, I started noticing I was coming out of college, and as most people experience when they leave college, you're trying to figure out how to get your footing. You're trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to move my life forward and actually make a lot of progress in my career, right? Right. And so it led to this, me just starting to have conversations with people, and and then me just really starting to think a lot about what am I trying to accomplish in the world? What am I trying to bring into the world? Mm -hmm. And so it started out. As just me saying, man, I just want to share what I think about leadership. I just want to share what I think about, you know, the world, what I share. I want to share how I perceive certain things. And so that just became an opportunity for me. So what I did was I just was like, man, I don't know if anybody's ever going to give me an opportunity to speak or share or do anything like that. So let me just create something where I can share my perspective. Like, I think anybody that maybe listens to this or watches this needs to recognize that sometimes doors don't open for you. Sometimes you have to build the door. Mm-hmm. And so um, a part of that for me was realizing like, hey, what I got to lose, you know. And so I just started having um, – it started as a conversation like late – I was thinking about it 2017, 2018. I was really kind of starting to make a move on it. I reached out to one of my really good friends who uh, produced leading. His name is Kyle Sturk. Love Kyle. I mean, he's my guy. And Kyle, I was, Kyle and I was having conversations about it. And I was like, man, I don't know how I would do this, but let me just host a free seminar, you know, and just test out some of my perspective about the world when it comes down to the subject of leadership. Because I fundamentally believe that every person, Mm -hmm. no matter what position they hold, no matter who they are, has a capacity and level of leadership. The problem we have in our culture is we teach people that it is only reserved for people who have power or who hold a position. But leadership is not a position. Leadership is a way of thinking. And one of the biggest problems is we have to change people's mindset to realize that you actually can make a difference in the world, in your space, in your zone, if you actually understand your value and understand who you are and what you bring to the table. So for me, as somebody who was literally experiencing that, I wasn't in a position of leadership. I didn't have somebody, you know, you know, reporting to me at the job or whatever. So I said, man, let me just create this space where I can talk to people about this subject and actually try to encourage people to do that. So, so that's how leading started. And then, interestingly enough, we st- I, I did maybe three or four seminars that year. And then fast forward uh, towards the end of that year, I started having a really good a conversation with one of my, my friends, uh, Kyle, um, and we we start talking about possibly turning it into a pod, podcast and vlog, mm. not knowing that it was like late 2019, not even realizing or knowing that the pandemic was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had already started recording stuff and start putting things together and started talking about this stuff. And then the pandemic happened. It was like, oh, well, this is genius. This is the perfect storm. Like, oh, we were already positioning ourselves, right. you know amazing how god works but Mm -hmm. we we were positioning ourselves to do this 
And so it became a podcast and a vlog, and then it gave me more opportunities to share, and it gave me more. Uh, uh, it, it, was, it was different, but it it actually challenged me more to really dig deep and really start to make this accessible. So um, my biggest thing with leading was like, this is how we're going to go about this process. This is how we're going to make a difference in the world. But trying to get that message to people, man, like I think it's super important that people understand that, that like you have value. We, 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 we think, you know, being seen is for the few, but it's for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was just kind of the genesis of leading, and that's what I've been kind of doing with leading. Okay. Um, so with that, uh, right now, you how many episodes in this season? Oh, we are. Let me think about it because we started in. I started in February, so and I put out my my podcast and vlog is by um, by weekly. So it's April. I don't know when you're gonna put this out, but but it's been about. Seven episodes, seven or eight episodes at this point. Okay, somewhere between six and eight episodes. Um, and you know, you, as you well know, in in this space, we record before, but that editing process, you got to figure out. You know, <laughs> yeah, you gotta get a flow. With that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So so editing, you know, taking the time to edit and actually block it out to make sure that you can do it well, um, it's been good. But thus far on this season, we've had, I've had. I did a panel with several friends of ours, mm-hmm. several mutual friends of ours who yeah. are young professionals, who are young black people who have uh, been very accomplished and, and, and done some things. We I recently had on uh, Ryan Gordon mm-hmm. came on. Ryan's Shout episode Ryan. was amazing. She was so great um, and sharing. And, um, you know, Ryan was great. And uh, a friend of mine, she's like a big sister to me. She has been in HR for a number of years, came on and talked about women being in leadership and women being involved in the workplace. So I've had some a lot of interesting conversations and there are some really good episodes about to come out. Um, somebody we we both know, uh, Dexter Sullivan came yes, on. Sir. He, run, he runs. Dexter. Yeah, he runs this great organization called Black um and and it's about black legacy and advancement of uh, black folks in the, in America. You still haven't put that out yet. Oh, it's out. Oh, it's, it's out. Okay, out. I'm about to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I just watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's yeah. yeah, it's out. And then the episode uh, that's episode. out now is of a friend of mine who I met. I met through this uh, organization called um, Black Christians Influencers. Um, and he he's a he's an entrepreneur. He's a mm. business owner. His name is Dion Bonaparte. Man, like. His was amazing is Dion share with me that like literally even in our episode we talked he, this man shared to me like literally in a year's time this man has built a seven figure company mm. in less than a year <laughs> mm. <laughs> like it's insane but for me it has been a great process of learning and gaining information and getting insight and just getting into the mind of how leaders think yeah. about mm-hmm. certain things yeah. it's been interesting. Um, you got anything? Any other? So, what's what's your plans for the rest of the year? Um, seven, eight episodes, and um, you know, through your social media, I've seen you um, also appear on other panels. You know, yeah, you know, branching out, you know, doing your thing. You know, obviously, people are, are hitting your phone um, for you to share your expertise. Expertise. What's your plans for the rest of the year with Lee Mali and everything that you're doing? Well, man, you know, uh, continue interviewing people. You know, this season was different. Because Kyle, who I keep referring to, he got married last month, which congratulations to him. Um, 
I mean, yeah, he's my guy. And um, he got married last month. Or, uh, yeah, it was, it was in March. Yeah, he got married in March. And so I had to kind of learn a new skill, right? Yeah. You know, with yeah. this process, you learn a new skill. Yes, sir. You know, I was, like, I was always so used to being the content mm-hmm. and, you know, and maybe creating the social media stuff. But, like, I'm doing everything now. Yeah. So that has been a learning curve and interesting. And so we're leading for the rest of the year, at least right now. Um, just definitely doing more interviews with people and engaging in conversations with people and sharing, you know, people or actually giving platforms to people who, uh, for some reason, you may have not known about them or known about their business or about their organization, but really engaging in conversations with them about stuff. And so, like, I'm really, really doing that this year. I may put out an episode where I'm just sharing, mm-hmm. um, but but I'm really working on right now trying to get my hands on some equipment and some different things as far as shooting is concerned. I have some goals and I got an opportunity to kind of experiment a little bit with um, the company I work for. I work for TTCU Federal Credit Union and they let me borrow some stuff and I figured out how to do to shoot it a certain way. And I was like, hmm, okay, okay, that's just, I'm like, oh yeah, buddy, I'm about to get it. So, uh, just, just trying to make sure I get some, you know, get my hands on that cash, brother. Yeah, so word, can, <laughs> word, word, word. To do some stuff so I can do it a little bit different and better. Word. Well, I'm excited to hear about, well, I'm excited for whatever else you got going on for the rest of the year, you know. Uh, outside of podcasting, again, because I see you on different platforms outside of podcasting. So, you know, that's dope. You want to do something and then it branch out into other things. And oh, so, yeah. You know, I, oh, I, I, oh, I yeah. think that's dope. Oh, and I, can I say this real quick? Mm-hmm. And to your point. Um, you know, I think it's really great for podcasters and people who do this to experience and try to expand themselves, right? right. Mm-hmm. Because you can get so, you know, in the routine of doing this right. and then you become real dull and you you stop being as a, effective as you want to. Like, for instance, the fact that you all started the sports podcast, that's great because it gives you another avenue to share some things that you care about and yeah. share some things that you you know yeah. you, you you may be unverified um right 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 we you don't know. know we don't know nothing <laughs> yeah. but it's great it's great it's a great opportunity and it's interesting that you that you're doing that because one of the things that i have been thinking about doing is doing other content yeah. right because it's not just about okay leadership is what i love to talk about but it is not all of who i am mm-hmm. you know one thing that that content creators sometimes get stuck in is and and there have been content creators who have been able to do it very effectively sometimes when you're trying to build a brand or you're trying to build something people can only see you in that space right. and they don't realize there's so much more to your life yeah that like is rich and amazing and encouraging and actually something that you can learn from but it just takes you know time and so i'm looking at stuff like that too bro I, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I, and I and I say do it. Like with the sports one, honestly, even me being a part of that, that that's that was me trying to give my boys a platform to talk. They talk, mm-hmm. you know, because every time we come, I like sports. Don't get me wrong, I'm in the sports, um, but I really, re- I really am ready for the like today. We shooting a couple of episodes. I'm gonna be in the background of those two episodes. Yeah, so. Well, kind of in the background. So, you know, yeah, expanding, like, a media group is, like, 
you need more than one media outlet. And every yes. time we talk about sports and regional culture podcasts, it take up 10 to 15 minutes. Like, all right, yo, we got we to create <laughs> yeah. something different. Right. We got, you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, bro, I, I encourage everybody to expand um, and find different lanes, you know, give people a different piece of what, you, what you're into and what you're doing, which can be a tough balance because, like you said, everybody – like if you start talking about dating, it's gonna be like mm, you, just, you know you're talking about leadership, like mm, yeah, leader, leadership. But, but that that goes back to it, yeah. which is super hilarious. Is we don't think that like leadership applies to everything. Oh yeah, mm. because it no, does. you can swing, yeah. Yeah, you, you can swing that, you can swing that in everything. And 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 to your point, you'll be surprised if if people love your content, they gonna rock with the content. Exactly. You know what I mean? So with the exactly. sports joint, that one, it's I mean. Sports is a little bit easier because it's a niche following. Right. So right. everybody like talking about sports, but right. everybody has really been rocking with our pot, like with the sports podcast. Because, but you know that's that's picking talent, that's getting the right people involved, right. that's actually mm-hmm. knowing what you're doing. <laughs> and Matt be being so savage on there, bro. bro. Yeah. Listen, yeah. shout out to MC. Yeah, bro. Oh, oh man, I'm afraid what he coming with today. So you know, I, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Matt be talking kind of, Matt be talking kind of crazy. Com- but yeah, it's. He comes with a with a like a well no if you if you you learn if you learn from that first episode he ain't come with any of that okay the first two he ain't come with any of that he was getting spanked Mm -hmm. so then by the third episode he he brought some I brought my notes yeah he brought some papers (laughs) see I had the notes the first two by the third one he said oh yeah it's 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 that rhythm it's that rhythm and I think we all experience that level of rhythm and what we do is that we get so you you like. Even even right now, like you all have a rhythm in conversation and us talking about stuff. Like we're so used to doing this, you know. It goes back to that uh, that ten thousand hour, you yeah, know, exactly narrative. Exactly. You you put so much time into something, it becomes easy for you to just exactly. rattle off whatever you need to say because you have invested the time, you invested the talent, you put so much effort into this one skill or these set of skills, and it's made you more productive and it's just easy and people are like man why are you so good at it well i i'm i stayed up to 3 a.m reading yeah, about this you know yeah, or yeah. doing these different things and i think that's helpful for people to realize and understand when it comes to this stuff time bro you said it like it mm-hmm. takes time yeah to, to to build a skill yeah. like because like yourself i've gotten it like yo this season is just crazy or like yo you just you seem like you just got it figured out. And it's like, eh, I think I kind of do at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, even messing yeah. up the first intro, I, like, I haven't done that in a while. Right. Yeah, I right, got this right, though. Right. So um, on the topic of leadership before we transition, um, what is no, what is the number one leadership tip that, that you've lived by? All the leadership tips that you've given over your time span, what's the number one that you live by? I, I literally have – and I, even though I knew you were going to ask me this question – I like I said earlier, I fundamentally believe that every person has a level and a capacity for leadership because and the reason why I believe that is I think that we can learn something from everyone. And when you come into situations with a posture of listening and trying to receive from an individual, you will see that they actually have something to give to the world and be significant. And one Mm -hmm. thing that I have done in my professional life and just in life in general I just ask questions. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can learn mm. so much about people if you just ask them. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I found moments where literally I would say to someone like, OK, you know, what, what do you want to do? Like what is if 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 money was not a thing, like 
what would you want to do? What would you try to pursue? What would you actually put your time into? And then when people start telling me that thing, I'm like, okay, so what are the steps that you're going to take to position yourself for that, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I look at leadership and when I look at this topic, that is my posture. Be the best listener and actually speak to the fact that this person actually has a capacity and a level of leadership. And when you do that, that... that creates opportunities for that person to see themselves in another light and actually see themselves as valuable. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, those are kind of the ways I approach. And that's like something that I literally live by in every, every aspect of my life. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Good. Moses, what's the number one leadership tip that you live by? Um, yeah, Moses. I think, I think the number one thing is uh, before you can lead others, you need to lead yourself first. Yes. That's yes. the number one thing. I like that. Yes. I like that. Drop a bomb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Drop a bomb for yeah, yeah, Most yeah. with the bombs, you heard? It's yeah. it's something I've been talk your talks, man. Yeah, it's it's something I've been trying to learn and mm-hmm. read about more. And I love to uh, be. I just every leader always leads differently, and they always have different way of thinking. I think um, one thing I love about learning from all of them is just asking simple questions. Yeah, just simple questions like, "Yo, what do you do in the morning?" Yeah. Or what do you do about about this situation? Yeah. Um, and I think another. I remember John C. Maxwell. The one thing I loved about it, the one thing I think a quote that he said is like, um, "Leadership is just influence. Mm-hmm. That's all yep. it is." Yeah. And so that's something I just I'm like constantly learning and just trying to put more in my life into. I got you. I got yeah. you. I like that. Um, man, number one leadership tip I probably live by is my pops. Um, my stepdad who came to my life about four or five. Um, first thing he taught me, he ain't know me from a can of paint. Like you, you know, you, you know, my mammy. That's, like, a, that's a, that's a new one. I've, I've never heard the can of paint. Right, right, right. right. That's, I'm surprised, that's, bro. You from the South, yeah, bro. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you ain't heard that one. I don't know cans or paints. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm surprised you ain't, I'm surprised you ain't heard that one. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, he always taught me the first thing he taught me among me and me. And, he didn't marry my mom. He don't know me. He don't know my mm-hmm. brother. He don't yeah. know nothing. He just, all right, man, so look, be a leader, not a follower. That's all he ever told me, area before school, uh, playing sports, and anything, hanging out outside in the summer, just be a leader, not a follower. Mm-hmm. If they go on one way, go the opposite way. Yeah. If, you know, be a leader, not a follower. And as simple as that was, like when I was a kid, I didn't fully understand it. It's helped me stay out of a lot of situations that could have altered my life in general. Just simple situations from either getting in trouble or, um, you know, picking the same classes there. It's just everything. Like always being a leader, not a follower. And um, that's what I'm going to teach my son. Just be a leader, not a follower. Mm -hmm. Peer pressure, the whole nine. Like. And everything that you do, be a leader, not a follower. Um, and, you know, as you get older, you learn you learn how to follow mm-hmm, you right. know, in order to be a leader. Be a proper leader, you first need to know how to properly follow. Yeah. But just for the simple things, he always just taught me to be a leader, not a follower. And everything, everything that I did. And mm-hmm. so I just stuck with that. It's kept me out of a lot of trouble. It's mm-hmm. uh, kept me sane. It's kept me with the right group of people around me at all different times yeah. whereas like the troublemakers was trying to be next to me because like oh well we know we can't convince Raheem to do it so you know in order to keep us from getting out of trouble we we gonna 
follow him. Like, hey, we about to go do this. Yeah. Now I'm 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 gonna go do that. Like really in most things in my life I've been able to um prosper and be successful mm-hmm. because I've decided to lead instead of follow everybody yep. else or what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Balancing that and rebellion is, you know, a tough balance. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just purely rebellious. Sometimes I'm like, I ain't doing that. That's corny. I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know a lot but yeah, always, you know, be a leader, not a follower. I mean that plays in the tail speaking to lead speaking to the leaders and other people yep. and learning how to lead yourself mm-hmm. um so i love both of those responses um getting to this next thing so um for those who don't know you also dabble in politics a little bit yeah all right i do um <laughs> oh i do so the the Derek chauvin case has just been yep. you know, officially closed he was found guilty um, on all three counts. And so without really getting into the specifics of the case, if you know Derek Chauvin, George Floyd, we know the whole know the whole ordeal. Um, but justice has been served. They found him guilty on all three charges. And um, a lot of people are satisfied with that verdict. Honestly, I was a little shocked. I was I was I was, I was too. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah. I was too. Oh, uh, I was I was a little shocked, but I wasn't really cuz the George Floyd situation had a totally different tempo and climate to it. Yeah. Like it happened it at the perfect time. Unfortunate situation happened at the perfect time when everybody's sitting at their crib and they have nothing else to do yep. mm-hmm. but to watch the internet. Yeah. So yeah. this couldn't just skate by. Yeah. Um, even keyboard warriors that didn't believe half of what they were saying with Black Lives Matter had no choice but to just sit there and because it's the hot topic and it's what's to talk about. And so... I was surprised, but I'm not surprised. I'm like, unless you want this, like you, this country has already shown you what it's going to do. Yeah. If this goes the other way, like yeah. they've already given you a preview. All right. In order to keep the social order, go, go ahead and go ahead and lock my man. So, <laughs> get him out of there. so I, I'm shocked, but I, I wasn't super oh, shocked. Um, what were your thoughts? Uh, just your initial thoughts on that, on that guilty verdict coming down, man. I would say that there was such mixed emotions. Um, one, one being that initially, in light of the situation, like this is going to sound funny to people, especially as someone who is very like engaged in politics right. and, and, and knows what's going on. Um, I I didn't know the day that they were going to give the verdict. I wasn't. I wasn't into the case that much because I realized that like me getting involved would have been just so emotionally charged and would have right. been really taxing for me in a lot of ways. And so I it was it was very interesting because I remember being at work and just for some reason out of nowhere I felt this heaviness hit me. And I'm like, "Why do I feel what is that?" you know? And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I literally went to my boss's office, you know, my, my, my particular branch man, she's a black woman. You know, she grew up in Tulsa. I mean, she's, I mean, when I tell you, she knows history about this city, history about this area. Yeah. I mean, experiences live way more life than me. And I, I love Miss Belina. She's just a wonderful woman. And I went to her office and I told her, I was like, I don't know why I'm feeling off right now, but you know, I can feel it's some, something is something's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I just so happened to get. A, I'm not, this is ill advised. Nobody should be on Twitter at work. But <laughs> <laughs> I just so happened to get on Twitter, and and I saw that they 
like on my feed, I was seeing people were saying, hey, they're about to deliberate. They're deliberating right now about the verdict. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. So, you know, that that initial like anxiousness and anxiety that people were feeling because the fear was exactly what you said, Raheem. This is going to go the same way. We have seen it happen over and over and over again. And so for me in that situation, I was like, man, you know, Lord, I, you know, I start praying. I'm like, listen, God, I ain't been praying for a minute right now. You know, my mind has been everywhere else, but uh, let me just, let me just uh, send up a quick one. You know what I mean? We still cool. You know that? Uh, (laughs) Let me, let me, let me hit you over real quick. Big dog. Um, Yeah. Your boy is, uh, is uh under pressure right now um yeah. you know and and like that's like keeping in the bill with you like that's just how it was mm-hmm. and when the verdict came down as most people felt to some degree some people felt peace or you know uh, adulation and they were happy but for me personally i was i felt conflicted mm-hmm. so conflicted because a part of me felt as if okay this is what is in the Constitution. This is equal protection under the law, which is in the 14th Amendment. It's Clause B of the 14th Amendment. This is this is actually the law doing its job, mm-hmm. right? It is protecting this person's right to life, right? But it's that other complex thing where it's like, okay, well, what if, you know, that, that other fear was hitting me. Like, what if we didn't have a video? Mm-hmm. What if we didn't? What if there weren't enough witnesses? Oh, you already what, know. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You know, it's it's like so many factors mm-hmm. that's in that feeling. So it's kind of like, so it's kind of like, yeah, we got that W, um, but is this a continuous? Right. Is this going to be? Is this going to become the standard? Right. Right. Um, and and we understand this in, in legal in legal situations. Um, generally, rulings like this set precedents right generally if if uh someone was to argue a case it is generally based on a precedent of another case that has already been established for instance one of the big the one of the biggest issues while we have having issues prosecuting cops is because of a case that happened in 1984 Mm -hmm. um i I don't remember who was against but i i think it's graham versus uh south carolina or graham i I can't remember who was against, but basically what happened in this case, long story short, this gentleman had uh, a seizure. He was, he basically, long story short, he was basically in the grocery store. He had this guy who had a history of having seizures. He was in the grocery store. He started to have a seizure. He walks out of the grocery store while he's having a seizure and he's shaking. And just so happened there was a police officer sitting across the street um, in the car that came over. They arrested this man. They ended up jumping on this man, so on and so forth. When he went to court, the his attorney argued the case in a very interesting way. He basically said that um, he basically argued that, that the officers didn't know or understand how this guy was you know how this guy was going to respond or doing what he was doing and so and their their response was reactionary now you would think that would work in the favor of the person who the act has been done against but is now considered the a police officer's uh um i I keep forgetting what it's called but basically it's like it's like the police bill of rights basically what it is is they now they use that case to argue that 
as an officer, I don't know based on what you do with your movements if you are dangerous and going to kill me. So if I respond with violence or if I respond with, uh, uh, in this case, uh, uh, lethal force or deadly force, I legally have the right to protect whomever you're going to attack and whom, and also protect myself. So they actually teach, and, and most people don't realize this, they actually teach cops about this. They teach them that this one aspect yeah. of of uh, uh having confrontation with the public it like and it's so crazy because and 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 some somebody somebody's gonna quote me on this but i, I know this would be true but but it's such a complicated issue mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people don't understand that there are precedents within the law that actually has been argued over and over and over. And up until some of the cases we've seen in recent years, we we saw, we were like, how in the world do we not, Philando Castillo, I mean, just, we can, we can, Sandra Bland, all these, we can name all these people over and over again. And even last week with uh, Micaiah Bryant, yeah. like mm-hmm. his, I can tell you right now, his attorney is going to argue That it is one of those situations where he did not that the officer did not know what her next move was. So he did. So his initial response was going to be to use deadly force because it was about the protection of the people that were involved or it was a protection of himself. And so it creates this complicated issue around this. This is why when we talk about policing reform or talk about policing in America, it is such a complicated and not a easy thing to talk about talk about because the misnomer and the assumption is when black folks say uh we need to reform the police or defund the police or anything in that realm people are assuming that you're saying that you don't want police to protect you no like who and i'm I'm trying not to rant but here's what's crazy is when we talk about this issue especially in light of this case when we talk about this issue one of the biggest problems people don't understand and can't seem to see is that we need the police black folks need the police brown folks need the police in our community we, we want them to come in our communities and be helpful to us right if something's going down we want it to be helpful to us but just like the Micaiah situation that happened last week her family called the police because these girls were at this child's house trying to jump her and she's the one that ends up dying. You're right, right. Like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm conflicted about mm-hmm. that situation. Yeah. But, but, I'm not gonna lie, but that, which is understandable. That, that makes sense. Which is understandable. Yeah. But it makes sense what you're saying. But, but, but it's, but it's the complexity of yeah. these situations, right? I Every the cops and I got killed. Right. It's, right. it's, yeah. it's complex. It's not something very simple, yeah. and people can understand. And this goes back to something. Going, go back to the top. The initial question is, what are my thoughts about the case? My thoughts are about the. Ca- my thoughts are number one it is great that yes we finally got a verdict that was helpful but this is this is like a half of a percent yeah, exactly yeah of convictions exactly. on the books right now exactly like literally i was listening to a podcast that i literally love i listen to podcasts every single week it's called pod save america and they just so happen to have uh, Congresswoman Karen Bass on there. And she was talking about from the start of the Chauvin trial to literally the verdict. There were 69 shootings involving police officers. Mm. 
69. Like, you, 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 you can't. It, it's such a scary thing because, like, listen. You know, I'm of the mind that, like, this is why we have to reform the system. We have to reform the system not because people inherently hate cops. God, no. I, I, I want. Listen, my mom has my mom. My grandmother was a patrol officer. My mother has worked for the Jackson Police Department in my hometown for the last 15 years. I, yeah, man, Jackson, city or so. But, but, like, I know officers. Like, I know these people. Like, I see them all the time. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, like, fam, like, we know these people, and it is not that we have an issue with them doing, being able to do their job. The problem that they have is a lot of times, which, which. Which I don't see how people are against policing reform. That a lot of people don't understand. A lot of the problem is they're under resourced, they're overworked. In some ways, they don't like are not paid enough to do some of the stuff that they do. Yeah, a lot so, of times they're underpaid. Yes, mm-hmm. and so and so we're talking about a a a a system that does not empower them to do their job effectively, so that they we won't have these type of situations. Hi, everybody. Lee here, and I want to give some information to you. Do you need someone to host an event or come and speak at your event? You can now book yours truly. Book me for your event by visiting www.leascott.com. I am so excited to connect with you and do work with you. Much love and let's get started. I, I, I don't. I'm quoting someone. I don't even know what his name is, but when I heard him say it, I said, this is one of the most brilliant and very thoughtful things concerning this issue of policing in America. And even the Chauvin case is he said, we need more options for nine one one. And I was like, wow. You know, I never really thought it was, he was like, yeah, we need more options. He was like, because all these people are saying like, well, if we, if we, uh, uh, reform the police, if we, we, if we deconstruct the police or shut down police departments, then what we're going to do to call 911? He said, well, in my response to that, he was like, we need more options. Right. He said, because when you call 911, you get EMTs. Mm-hmm. You call 911 for firefighters. Why can't we have more options besides just police officers showing up on the scene? Why can't we have more opportunities or, or more opportunities to, to decrease the likelihood of somebody dying, no matter if they're black, no matter if they're white, no matter if they're Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What it ma- what matters is if we if we are actually doing something to ensure the safety of all people involved in these processes. Yeah. And so, when it came to this case, man, I, I I was like, you know, if 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 it works out that we get com- get this guy convicted, that'll be amazing. But then we also got another step that we got to get past. I think people better better you know. Like people better really be patient and really like be fully engaged because he still has to be sentenced, mm-hmm. right? Like the the judge could literally the the judge and I pray that this doesn't happen, but the judge could literally be like, "Well, it was great that we got him convicted. I'm gonna give him ten years or five years or probation or, I mean, the maximum he can give him is forty. Mm-hmm. He could literally say, "I don't want to give him forty." Right. Like there's roles that everybody plays in this process. And this is why I always say this. It's so funny because anytime we talk about these issues of things that's happening in culture, people don't understand why important voting is. Mm -hmm. 
We don't understand how important it being involved in knowing who your DA is, knowing who uh, the prosecutors are in the DA's office, knowing who your police chief is, knowing who your mayor is, knowing who all these individuals that are involved in creating laws and legislation that actually affects your lives in a significant way. And if we don't know these things, it actually creates problems for us in the long term because we have situations like that where we where we where we like are are with bated breath yeah. hoping that it works out that he gets convicted while we're sitting up here in the same week we didn't seen several mass shootings mm-hmm. in the same week we see dante wright get shot in the same i mean like this is we're we're we're, we're at, we are literally dealing with so much information being coming in like there's so much and so it's just a lot man i you know i and i, I try to I well, try to be like so. Uh, so on on that, on that same topic, um, just real quick. So how do you, do you see real reform coming in the foreseeable future? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I believe that it is going to. I mean, there is a sect of people in America who simply just because it isn't. If there is a certain sect of Americans who fundamentally believe there's nothing wrong in america they and here's the thing they have the right to believe that right and i have to be okay with that even if i don't agree with them but there is a a a large vast majority of the american people who really think you know especially at this point they're like we might need to do something different you know it may not be it may not we don't know what exactly it is but we need to figure this out. We need to figure out how can we do this better and be more effective. So I think I do think that there is going to come a time where people are significantly changing. I mean, c- cities are doing across the country right now. Um, there's a city, uh, Ithaca, uh, New York is is their mayor actually proposed um, transforming the police department. Uh, Minneapolis decided to train, or it was in Minneapolis or Milwaukee. I can't remember which one they decided to just defund basically defund the police and create a whole new yeah. thing or uh, really yeah, Minneapolis. yeah they, they looked into doing something different with the police department there 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 are several into cities and 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 states that are looking at this issue and saying okay how can we be more effective in this should it be that we uh uh start par- partnering with the um mental health community or all these other communities to do this more effectively how do we and something I'm not hearing no, enough about. This is just me personally, and I'm going to say this. I, we're not hearing enough about how are we analyzing the mental health and wellness of police officers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think people actually realize how traumatizing it is to be a police officer every single day. The stuff they see, mm-hmm. like, you know, and I, I, I know we got to move on, but. But it, it was amazing because I remember maybe a year or two ago, I was at a I got invited by a friend of mine um, to an event where they were um, it was, it was the, there were some police officers there. Uh, the guy who was a spokesman for the Fraternal Order of Police here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and then, you know, people from the public activists were there, uh, elected officials were there. And. I'm, you know, I'm sitting here listening to the discord. You know, I'm just kind of listening, and I thought I just might ask a question. So I, I, I got up and asked. I said, 
do we ever really talk about the mental health of our officers? And I, I legitimately asked, I was like, is there, do they have access to any mental health professionals? Right. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny because when I actually talked to the spokesman, he was like, oh yeah, we encourage them to have peer-to-peer conversations about, you know, the stuff that they're dealing with. and Peer-to-peer? Mm. Yes, bro. That's what he said to me. We encourage it. Right. We encourage. He said, we have a, we have a, uh, a counselor on staff. No, nah, dog. You, you like, I don't know what you're thinking, but you you legitimately think these people are going to go talk to each other about this stuff? No, they're not going to do that. It should be required of them. There should be required at least a health, a mental fitness assessment at least once a month. They should be required to go talk to a therapist Absolutely. and have them on staff yeah. and have them within as a part of the police force so that you can ensure that these men and women are healthy, that you, you can ensure their emotional health. And and we think that it makes them weak if we do that, but it actually makes them. That's the misnomer about mental health in general. Yes, like people going to talk to people is like, bro, it's not. We, especially with police officers, I would think that you would be required, especially right. if you had to discharge yeah. a weapon or something. Right, mm-hmm. if you've been in a shootout, had to um, engage in a sting operation. If you've been undercover, it's right. like. Yeah, go talk to somebody because right. you've lived your entire existence over the last three years as two people. Yep. Right? And so now that process is over. Now you've maybe cracked down or you've taken them to trial. Yeah, they're not required to go to counseling. Yeah. They might still think that they buddy from the block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is crazy to think about. That's crazy to think that they wouldn't be required to do that. And, and, and that's happening more often than not and people don't realize that. Like, yeah. it is something that is happening so often. And so, I'm going to say it real quick and I know we got to move on. But, with that being the reality is that we need to change the policing culture. It, it they, they should be, yes, we they are valued, they are seen, but we have to change the culture to ensure that these men and women are, are being taken care of, especially in their mental health regard, because we do the same thing with the military. We like there is a whole agency dedicated to taking care of veterans after they leave war. Mm-hmm. They have access to mental health uh, uh, professionals. They have access to 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 like uh, uh, resources, whether it be housing, whether it be you know school aid. They, we have a whole department within our government. Yes, the VA, Department of Veteran Affairs. It takes care of them. Now, there's a lot of you know things about the bureaucracy of the VA, and people can have their opinions about the VA. But the whole idea is is a very very smart because these people see war. And here's the thing. Excuse me. Here's the thing. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to get off my soapbox about this. Policing is one of the most critical things in America that we spend the least amount of time preparing people for. Yeah, absolutely. You should not go through. uh, This is my opinion, but it's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. It, it, It doesn't make sense to me that like. You go through a policing academy is what three three to six months, but it takes me longer to be a barber yeah, or a beautician. Sense. Well, I mean, it, it, and I thought about that in that aspect because they're underpaid, overworked. It's like who's rushing to be a police officer? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So right, it's like, right. I mean, right. It's just like the army. Like, yo, we need more soldiers, so we'll. Uh, water down the process right. and make it less strenuous to get in because we have like you you can't go to a police academy three to six 
months to be an FBI agent. Right. You had to have had some skin in the game. Right. But everybody want to be an FBI agent. Right. Everybody want to get their James Bond right. on. Nobody want to be Martin off of Blue Streak for two. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, I, I totally agree that we need a more strenuous process to become a police officer at the same time because our culture doesn't make policing cool. Because I, I think. Well, that, I, I, I disagree with you on that. Black, the black culture makes policing cool. Black culture makes policing cool. That's but what I'm the saying. greater culture. No, makes, I'm, I'm talking about but, right, 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 right. In right, the areas that right, we're affected right, 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 most. Right, right, right. Got you, got you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because one of my remedies would be why don't we get more of these kids to be police officers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We, you know, you can only affect change from the you know, inside out. Right. And so I'm like, right. because we don't have a lot of people that look like uh, Latino or black. Wanting to be police officers, of course, you, you, we're going to have the same struggle over and over. And right. while we'll have reform, it's a little slower because most of the people that look like us despise the cops, let alone want to be a cop. Right. Right? So, so I'm like, what can we do to, to make uh, policing and just city jobs in general more attractive and more applicable to people of color that they can actually go ahead and make a change from the inside out? Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Moses is like he want to say something. No, no, I'm I'm listening. It's really good. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I I it it's it's one of those things. It is one of the the one of the most interesting and complex things that we deal with in our culture. And I think there there are ways to fix it. I mean, there are ways at least to start to make some movement on it. You no, know, absolutely. One, one of the one of the biggest things that I that it's interesting that historically when we think about it that. I'm not saying it has to be this way, but it would be interesting if we could get people to realize or look at it this way. Um, at one point in time, particularly in the black community, even in the Latinx community and even in the Asian community, because we couldn't go into white communities or or because we couldn't move into even even uh, suburban areas right. because we had like they literally have it in their, you know, lease agreements or or even in their housing agreements that you couldn't. Uh, sell a house to a person of color or anything like that like this is historical fact like this is an empirical fact this is not something that we have to debate about we had everybody in our communities mm-hmm. your doctor lived in your community your police officers lived in your community uh, the lawyer lived in your community like that had an effect on the perception or per, or or the perspective that you had about your value in the community mm-hmm. right and so when we talk about this issue like we may have to get back to that. We might might have to. And one thing that one idea that I have, and I hope nobody steals this from me before I get to do it uh, when I find decide to run for office. But one of the things that I, I feel very strongly about is cities should think about maybe per, if there are some properties in these areas across the city that maybe may it may not be may not be the best properties, but we the city can fix them up. Buy these properties in these areas, and here's what you do. Here's how you change the narrative in those communities. Have the officers live in those communities. You talking I, about like uh, get get Mayberry to move to the projects? Who you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. You, you know why? You know why? You know why? I'm, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's but, a great but, idea. But you, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You know why? It's because when you know the people in the community, you change your perspective about them. Yeah. Right. Oh, so. And so. And so, when I, I mean, 
it's not saying like you have to live live there, but I mean like when you're on duty, if sure. you're in the if this is your patrol for the next week, you're gonna live in this community this week because sure. that's a good idea. You need to go and and engage with the people, and it's required of you that if you're gonna go work in this community, you know who the community the leaders are, you know who the major players are in this community. You can't if 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 I found out that you that 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 your your corporal or your person who's above you is requiring that you bring back notes about who is in these communities, what are the major places in the community, and you can't bring them that information back, you need to be demoted. Mm-hmm. Or you need to be reassigned because the reality is you cannot affect change in communities if you don't know what the community is experiencing and what the community is going through. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally, and the best scenario we can give to this, and I'm going to turn biblical on you real quick. One of the funniest things that we we think about in scriptures or one of the most interesting stories that we hear all the time in scripture is the story of the good samaritan the interesting thing about that story is a lot of times people see themselves as a good they see themselves as the good samaritan and most people actually are the levite and uh the priest Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we think that us helping somebody means that I'm helping people who are actually in shambles or who are actually, you know, like, and that brings up another conversation about poverty, but that's not even what we're talking about. But we think, oh, if I just, you know, have done this stuff for this this particular group of people, then, you know, I I got skin in the game. Or I'm just going to pray for them. Or I'm just going to walk past, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry that you're in this plight. You know, I, I care about that. But we're not willing to get in the process and go through the process of changing something for that person. That's true. It's such a problem. Like it is a problem in our culture that we that we think that it's just about if I do this quick, quick thoughts and prayers. Our thoughts and prayers are with this family. Our thoughts and prayers are with this community. Our thoughts and prayers are with bro. Get your tail in the game and find out what's happening there. Police officers should live in these communities because if they live in the community, they'll understand the factors in the community. And watch this. It'll be able to they'll be able to reduce crime because the people will tell them what's happening because they know who this person is. You are uh, let's be real. All of us are automatically adversarial when we're dealing with somebody. Adversarial. Wow. No, it's real talk. We're adversarial when you are dealing with somebody who don't know you. That's true. If they talk crazy to you, bro. That's true. Bro, you don't know me, dog. Who are you? That's true. Like we there's something in us that rises up and defends ourselves because we realize like, hey bro, you don't know me, dog. Yeah. So 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 Think about how much that narrative would change if we spent the time to talk to folks. And you know, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. The, 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 it's controversial. I, you said I was controversial. <laughs> no, I'm not. But that it makes it makes a lot of sense. I just with the thing with race, man. Uh, and I think I said this on like a previous podcast episode some time ago. I was, it's a hard thing. Oh yeah. So, so like mm-hmm. for me. Oh yeah. To come up with all the ideals to reform the police, which that is an amazing idea. Yeah. Make them live in a community that they have to patrol. At least make them live there for a week. Make them get ingratiated with the people. If their heart is still that of superiority, superiority yeah. the, because of their skin color, mm-hmm. them ingratiating with the people. And so I'm with the mental health initiative. I'm more with that, and I th- and I'm just more of. We need more of people that look like us in there. 
I can't. That's true, but but that's not always the the case. No, it's not. It's not. It's not always the case. What w- was it? Was it Walter Scott or Freddie Gray, who's the officer that killed him? Was black. That One was, of that was Walter Scott. Freddie Walter Gray. Scott, yeah, right. Freddie Gray. So white. so even folks that look like us ain't doing right. No, that's he, fair. With, that's with, with that's Philando fair. Castillo, with Philando Castillo, the the officer was I think he was a Hispanic or he was Filipino or something like that. So it it is it is police culture in general. It's police culture, bro. Like, like mm. <laughs> you. If if we could challenge, but I no no. And he that's said fair. our controversial at the yeah, beginning, no, that's right? That's fair. Yeah. I, 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 it is police culture, <laughs> but I think it's fifty percent police culture. Well, I'll say seventy percent police culture, thirty percent having to do it the way that we look. Mm. That's true. Be, because even even the ideal of police introduced in this country, you know what? Do, right. You can actually make it more than that. You were fifty fifty was pretty. Yeah, you yeah were, I was about to say fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah you were on par because I was about to say 50, 50. <laughs> because if you we can look at media and, yeah. and and. But I mean, we. But I love your ideas, and I think we can. It's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, oh, yeah. as, as you as you said earlier, and so you know, even if me and you might have different entry points on how we would affect a reform, both points are needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you need to start at the top and you need to start at the bottom. You know, everybody doesn't need to be on all fronts. Everybody doesn't need to be on every exact front to make a change. And, you know, I I, I appreciate your take, man. That was a oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I that I, I, I added about thirty minutes to the uh It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I appreciate your take. One more thing before we get you out of here, which this has been an amazing episode. I've learned a lot. You've yeah, learned a lot. I learned a lot. Okay, cool. Um so um, you're in a relationship. It's pretty public. Oh yeah. All right. So you want to give a shout out, or you know, you just yeah, I love keep... my girl. All right, cool. cool. Brianna, Ariana Yancey. I appreciate her so much. All right, man. So now that you you know you're in a relationship, which is, I mean, it's kind of new for me to see you in a relationship. You know, <laughs> I know. You know I know. You, yeah, I'm gonna let you ask your question. So, oh. <laughs> um, I'm sorry with Moses. Moses, I mean, you're not in a relationship. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Moses, young baby face killer. Uh, what's what's one? What's the number one thing that you've learned from your previous relationships? I've only had like one serious relationship. Okay. Um, your previous relationship. Yeah. Um, the one thing I've learned is don't be comfortable. Like if you're comfortable, yeah, being comfortable in a relationship. Expand. Yeah, being comfortable in a relationship for a man is very dangerous because (laughs) you about to teach. Yeah, because I mean, if you if you don't stop growing and you just and you just sit there like, okay, I got this girl, you know, I got this going, I got my nine to five, I'm just gonna chill. You know, that's that's dangerous. Being comfortable is very dangerous. You need to continue on. You know what God's called you to do. You need to become. the fearless man that you're you're uh you need to be be a leader like you need to be all those things but being comfortable is just dangerous because once you're comfortable you just stop growing and, okay um what else oh, gosh uh what else hmm, what you're else supposed to be preaching for the brothers up yeah north. i know i mean <laughs> you're talking down to the brothers up north to yeah. the brothers up north i got y'all i'm, I'm gonna get at them in a second don't even worry about that i'm getting oh actually one thing that i've learned is Make sure you're close with God before you make this yeah. person um, have your heart first. 
Hmm. You know? Um, I How close? Like, I... <laughs> How close with God? Real close. I, like, what's close, bro? You need, you, need, you need to love God more than you love this woman. Yeah, brother. 100%. Because that, That's being close? Yeah, of course. I mean, you it's a new relationship. You might love, you might love a lot of things more than you yeah, love. Yeah, I know. That's, that's kind of easy. That's true, yeah. bro. I, I might love wings yeah, more than yeah, I love. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's, that's real. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you <laughs> know what I mean? You might love the money more than you love, huh? So, mm-hmm. so, so how close? How close with God? You got to be real close. You, like, like, be able to ask God, like, is she cheating? And he Yeah, you, you got to trust God more mm-hmm. than you can trust her. 100%. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Getting full on that Jack Mac. Oh, I just came back. Hold on. That's a cool. I'll put that on Instagram. Yeah. You need to be able to trust God more than you trust her. Don't shoot a gun. Don't, don't shoot a gun on the microphone. Don't shoot a gun. All right. That was cool. That wasn't that cool. That wasn't that smooth. I like that, though. Give me some. Yeah. Oh, trust, man. You need to be able to trust God more than you trust her. That's something God love. Yeah. All right. That's good. All right. That's good. Um, just real quick, man, one of the top things i've learned from from my relationship uh i ain't learned none of that but um i don't know man it's just something i learned i'm not always right i learned i'm not always right i mean i knew that prior but (laughs) as i'm trying to be right but you know being in a relationship it really teaches you that or it's a constant reminder that it's two perspectives to everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's wisdom yeah. in that. Sir. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's everybody right. has their own perspective right. and their way of thinking. Right. And a lot of us are stuck in our ways. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have great ways about us that might not be the same as everybody else. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means it just is. Yep. You know what I mean? You say tomato, I say tomato. Yeah. We, you know, we from two different countries, probably, and so being in a relationship has taught me that it's always you always have to take into account somebody else's perspective. Yeah, and just because they might not see something the way you see it or do something the way you do it, doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong, or right. doesn't mean they're less credible in anything that they're saying. Y'all just see it two different ways. Right. And as long as you can find a a compromise, a healthy compromise, like you know. I don't like rom-coms, but I like movies. You know, she's not necessarily a fan of the movies, but she loves rom-coms. Right. Go see an action rom-com. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's, all, there's always it's all it's, yeah. it's always a middle ground. might take a little work to find it, and especially with somebody like me. I'm a big dog. Mm. You see my shirt. You know what I mean? I'm initially, you know, going to be like, uh, nah, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. But then it's having to come back to reality like nah he ain't doing a lot right there uh-huh so you know so yeah finding the middle ground and understanding that it's always um just because somebody's perspective is different doesn't mean that it's that it's wrong so that's that's my cue um i think everything you all said is uh on the money um i think the only thing i might add is Self work never stops. Mm. Um, 
I was not expecting. <laughs> Wait, I was not expecting that sound. Uh, uh, shout out to Mortal Kombat. Uh, um, Self work never stops because one of the the lessons that I'm learning is when you're in a relationship, that person serves as a mirror. They often expose who you really are and what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. The right person. That's right. The right person. The right yeah. person will. Yeah. Yes. Facts. The there'll right. be some people that'd be like. Now, if you out here just, you know, doing your thing and you just, you know. For the brothers of North. <laughs> if you pull on that jack. <laughs> listen, listen. If you, pull brother. Pull on that jack. <laughs> listen. If the brothers of North. <laughs> if you, if you just out here. for you. <laughs> if you just out here in these streets, I mean, that's just, you know, that's yeah. a completely different situation. Mm, if yeah. you just, you if you just, street. you know, yeah. trying to, trying to get, you know, your needs met. Um, that's a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's one. That's a different approach. Yeah. To relationship. Now, if you're actually trying to work on being in a relationship with somebody and be healthy and productive, yes, they're going to literally like push you to be better. And I think, you know, I, one thing I have learned significantly in dating Bree, like I have constantly had to evaluate what am I doing. Like or how am I perceiving situations? How am I thinking about this situation? Am I am I am I trying to be right in this situation, or I'm okay with being wrong? And I just need to hear what she has to say and actually yeah. receive that and actually make a course of action change. Like, yeah. okay, you know, you're not wrong. Bro. You're, so you're, you're right you, most you, of the time. <laughs> oh, uh, listen. This is for the brothers of love. I'm just playing. Listen, listen. I only, I only kid, Bree. I'm only kidding. Yes, he didn't fall for it. He's like, mm-hmm. It's all good. Yeah, uh, I gotta go see her after this, bro. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I just want to make sure that uh, we're clear. You're clear. Get that clear. I, I listen clear. to her, and I take what she says to heart and really try to evaluate what I'm perceiving. And even, and it has also taught me too sometimes that like. Now, this is going to sound interesting to some people, but by personality, everybody's personality is different. A lot of times, I know for me personally, I would try to just conform just just to keep the peace. Oh, no. That's a whole nother podcast episode. Oh, no. You ain't about to get me started. Oh. <laughs> that happy wife. Happy- oh, my. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> This is for the brothers up north. Man, I mean, don't be doing that stuff because she told you, bro. Right. Look, bro. L- listen, mm. look, bro. And and right, I learned well. Is is that hot. you? You you just. I know we got to, to go, but but I had to. I learned that like actually, I need to know my own value and know how to operate in situation. And she has helped me understand that more. Mm-hmm. I think I was already starting to do that before we got together, but. It has happened a lot in our relationship to where I where something would happen, and I'd be like, "Actually, Lee, you're in a healthy place. Mm. No, you don't need to back down on this. Mm. No, actually not. No, yeah. no, you don't need to back down. Mm. Now what? Now what? Big you, muscle. <laughs> what, yeah, Lee. Now here's the thing. What you need to do though is figure out how to say it better. Yeah, okay, okay, Lee. 
it's figure out, okay, what is she hearing me say man, and I, what I, I am I saying? I don't want to keep extending the episode, man, because it's going to go somewhere else. Because yeah. sometimes you ain't saying it wrong. That's true. That's yeah. true. Sometimes true. you might not be saying it wrong. Sometimes it might just be, I just I didn't, didn't like the way you said well, How else did you want me to say it, baby? It's just going to, like, that did I cut true. you out? That, did I call you out your name? Mm-mm. Did I say you was wrong? All I said was, listen, I use Clorox. Not on my whites, value. not great value, but I just <laughs> Clorox I, on my whites. I, 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 okay. I felt like when you said that it was just a tone, and I use Clorox on my whites, bro. Which, which, which you, which you, how you want me to say? It? I mean, if you could just turn it, t- how? So, so you know, sometimes that be the case, but sometimes it be a little. No, I, I I'm yeah. telling you, it's balance. But that's the thing; mm-hmm. it goes back to balance, right? It is. It is to your point. It's it's balancing that. No, that's that good, you can be, you can you can say what you need to say and also be like, because I know sometimes I'll say things to Bree and she'll probably listen to this and kill me. But yes, it's sir. okay. Yes, sir. I'll say things to Bree and it'll make her so mad with me, <laughs> and which is warranted. And I would say things and it might be out of pocket or it may have not been said the right way or. Or I would say the actually say it how I probably need to say it, and she may not like what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And because I realized that she did not respond how I thought she should probably respond, what I immediately do is I start asking questions. Why did you respond? And, and not even in a, 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 a accusatory way. I just I just literally say I'm what like they, okay. What was they just take it accusatory? Like you just ask the questions. Now you just, uh, just now my next question, my initial question would not be. Why did you respond that way? Because then that sounds like yeah. I'm trying to start an argument. I'll be like, okay, what were you trying to convey to me in this conversation? You know, like, be, because let me tell you something. I, Raheem, you and I might be different. I feel like you can catch more bees with honey than vinegar. So, you know, I would just try what? to. <laughs> that's that's Southern. I've never heard I, yeah, oh, of yeah, that before. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's coming out right now. That's word. Uh, that's word. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm being facetious. I agree with <laughs> what you said. I just got to hold it down for my dogs. You know what, you know what Listen, I mean? Listen, and, 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 but here's Which the thing. Which I will hold it down for my dogs. But here's the thing. Everybody ain't in that same space, right? That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm just, this is where I am. Like, I've been, I'm a year in, bro. Like, yeah. like you know, I'm thinking about, like, both of us are, are in the process. Like, I'm about to finish up my master's. She's going to finish up her fa- master's later this year. God just bless. thinking about how how does our relationship look and being willing to understand in your own relationship and i know this is not what we're talking about but you got to understand that you're on your own calendar you're on your own timeline you got to realize that you got to do what's best for you and your relationship and you have to take care of yourself in your relationship Mm -hmm. together and apart yeah that's fine and people don't do that people spend so much time like Mm -hmm. you know people spend so much time trying to you know please and do all this stuff but but yeah, man, like, you know, that this is why, you know, maybe someday soon, Bree and I do uh, loving with Lee and with Bree and Lee. You know what I'm saying? We might do some a little some shine. That's crazy. You know, I mean, and I and I and I hope so, because in the case that it does not happen, hey, it is what it is. It is what but, it is. But, I'm just not taking it out of this. Episode. Right, but what's, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'm not but, editing it. But it's cool. But here's what I will say. Here's what I will say is. No matter what happens in this situation, you know what? You know the greatest thing that I can learn is the lessons that I gain from being in a relationship with her. And actually, because I'm in a healthy spot in my own personal life, yeah. it's gonna, it's not gonna happen. But it's if it did happen, 
it would hurt. Yeah. It hurt bad. Yeah. But, but, move, but I'm able to, right, because, I'm, move. Be, because I have learned enough about myself and I'm in a healthy enough space and I've created the type of relationships outside of our relationships like one of the things that was a deal breaker for me with her is i asked her early on i know this is not what we're talking about and we have to shut i need to shut up so we can go do something else but because i'm hungry but one of the things that i made a priority for me especially with her is i i asked her do you have friends like straight up i was like do you have some home girls do you have really close friends that you've been friends with for years and they they know you. They know who you are, what you do. Like, they know you. Mm-hmm. That was like a big thing for me. Because I'm like, I got my boys, and I talk to my boys about stuff, and I'm really honest with my boys about stuff. And if I feel like I'm in a relationship with somebody and, and I'm their world, that's problematic. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's problematic if you don't have, you know, you ain't got no outlets. Because you can't just be talking to me. I mean, I know we best friends, but. But like, no, I, you need your, you know I, what I'm saying. I agree. You know what I'm saying. Like I, you, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, we like yeah, you and I are best friend. Like Bree and I are best friend. Like we are best friends. But when I want to go please. talk to, <laughs> when I go want to go talk about something else, bro, or we talk like talk from a different perspective, I go talk to my boy Sydney. Yeah. I go talk to Kyle. I go, I go talk to you know my boys back home in Jackson. I go talk to some of my homies that are still here in the city. Like. I engage in conversations with them because it helps me get more perspective. And then it gives me accountability in my relationship, right? Because they're not in it. So they can see it from a different vantage point that is helpful. So if there is something that's happening in my relationship and they see it going on, they're like, hey, bro, what's that? Yeah. What, 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 like, what's, what's going on with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, but we need that in relationships. And so, you know, I think it's super helpful for man. We could have had a whole conversation about mm-hmm. relationships, and that being just yeah. enough. No, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. But I mean, you well, got to bring you'll me be, back. You'll be on more. So you know, it's all yeah, good. yeah. It know. ain't the first time. If if you want, we'll spend do- the block before the years up. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll spend the, we'll spend the block before the years yeah. up. But I appreciate you coming through. Most definitely, sharing Most and sharing your wisdom, sharing your thoughts, man. We appreciate you. Um, shout out to you, man. Shout out to you. Thank you for watching and or listening to this week's episode of Leading with Lee. If you have not done it yet, subscribe on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. If you want to get more information and connect with me, visit me at www.leascott.com or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lee A. Scott II or Lee A. Scott II. So thank you for watching. Much love and let's get started.